0: Shaken and Disturbed, everyone. Ooh. I am Darren Carp. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And John Thrasher. I am John yes.
1: Thrasher. I don't and know. And the
0: reason like we started it off is because I feel like we've been teasing this episode now for like mm. a full month. Yeah. And now it's finally here. You had some Peacock login I was issues. just going to say,
1: let me just say something right now, because it's- It was they a have,
0: daunting experience for you. They have still
1: charged me Peacock, okay? So I log on to Peacock two weeks ago, I think it was, oh, to watch the Casey rich. Anthony documentary. <laughs> And uh, first, I'm like, all right, I'm in. And then it's like, upgrade to premium. And I'm like, Ugh, I hate this, but I'll do it for the show because I know everyone wants to hear what we're thinking about it. I click right. premium, charges me five dollars. Fine, go back to the Casey thing, click it. Says I need to upgrade. What? You're up? Okay, there's yeah. another tier, ten dollars. Fine, I'll I've, do it. Already upgraded, I've
0: already upgraded. I've already upgraded.
1: But fine, I love our shaken and disturbed listeners, Darren. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna upgrade to ten. Well, meanwhile. I'm seeing the charges come in on my phone because I get notifications, right? So I've got a $5 Peacock. i got a $10 Peacock. Now I've paid for – I better be getting a literal Peacock mailed to my house at this point. <laughs> maybe so, you are. Yeah, maybe I am. So then I'm like, all right, I got the most things. Go back to it. It will not work across my iPhone, my iPad, my thing. I even, guys, took a video of me showing Dare. Yep. I wanted her to know I wasn't like just – shitting the bed about this I really because was trying
0: because we try- know I, never, I don't trust you and I don't
1: believe Yeah, yeah she, she's terrible she hates you we know me. that yeah right. we know that for sure you, have you heard the show or, or any of our right. other ex- or experiences or so live shows good. So I literally take a video of me, literally like overtly clicking. Nothing's happening until finally, like Darren was like, "You you could just use my login." And I was like, yeah. oh, "Didn't think of that." So then, thankfully, I was you like, and Nadine, you yeah,
0: want my login?
1: Like I'm I having a crisis it. for multiple yeah, days. I, I'm like, it's still not working. What am I gonna do? And I'm like,
0: here's a here's a thought. <laughs>
1: So thank you, and no thanks to yeah. Peacock, which I still don't know what's going to happen. I still can't log in. I still can't get premium access, so we'll figure that out later. But we watched it, Darren, and we're going to get ex- to it. And
0: we're excited to get into it. I. It's also like, it's such an interesting topic because it's the holidays. It's this time of year. We were discussing Scott yeah. Peterson. Like, yeah, yeah. Love is in the air, and here we are kind of talking <laughs> about these really terrible things. but. Yeah, Just let's start off on something positive, John. Are you just excited about the holidays? We're literally getting so close. Christmas is next fucking week.
1: I know. Oh, my God. I know. Like, what
0: the fuck? It's in 10 days 10 from 10 days from the recording. And like yeah. five days from when everyone else is going to listen to it. And I can't believe it. Like, I and don't really have all my gifts ready. So. I don't
1: either. I was just going to say that. I have most of them. And let me just say shout out to Amazon and all of you delivery workers because you are keeping my Christmas going. I have been Oh my
0: god, yes.
1: so lazy. I don't want to go in stores because there's five different viruses going around right now. Between
0: like, RSV, the <laughs> flu and COVID, I'm like
1: and a mystery can we live virus. Anymore? I mean, well, how a many viruses? Virus-
0: but that's also the thing too. Is like part of it was caused by us being super protecting of ourselves. That's like part true. of it's caused is because we're Our like newbile people yeah. Yeah. who don't, you know, who like have been mm. bubble boys, and like we can't prevent <laughs> that. So it's like, God damn it, there's no perfect we're solution doing, here.
1: We're doing the best we can. I will say I'm yeah. very excited for the holidays because one of my very good friends, he's like my best friend's little brother. He's always felt like a little brother to me. Shout out yeah. to Wyatt if you're listening. I don't think he's listening, uh, but shout out to Wyatt. We all we know Wyatt's not listening. Yeah, he's he's not listening. He's he's yeah, busy he doing he, his thing. But
0: we don't care.
1: We decided to exchange gifts this year, and I got really excited oh. because let's just say Wyatt likes to partake in cannabis in a variety of ways. How and dare ex- he!
0: What yeah. an embarrassing habit to have.
1: Right. Exactly. He should feel
0: ashamed, Wyatt. <laughs> Wyatt.
1: Um, Wyatt. But yeah, we decided to exchange. Um, like I said, I don't think he's listening. But I just placed an order for those microdose gummies. Ooh, that what, I feel did you like
0: get a certain flavor.
1: I did, but I don't remember what they are. I should pull it up.
0: Candy is like. "Mm, I know that
1: he loved peanut butter, so I have like. I think I might have ordered. I don't know if that's for sure. I can't remember if that's what I ordered because I just literally picked a bunch of them. But I think he's gonna love whatever I got him. Um, For you guys listening, report back. Yeah, I will definitely. Um, It's the last week uh, before Christmas, essentially. So for those who celebrate Christmas, I should say. So if you are interested in the our microdose THC gummies. Uh, place your order today. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I know Wyatt is gonna love these. He he's a a connoisseur, if you will, Darren. Kind of like you, like similar. Like you'll try some different things here and there. I know you've tried the Microdose Gummies that we talked about. And I love them. You love them, yeah.
0: I love them. Yeah, it's just a nice little balance and it keeps yeah. you kind of focused throughout the day. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code SHAKEN to get free shipping and 30% off your first order.
1: Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com code SHAKEN. So, Darren, we're going to set up the Casey Anthony show uh, conversation. Let's get here. into it. And let yeah. me just,
0: can I just start by yeah, saying, start and I off, think maybe yeah. I mentioned this before, that Casey Anthony's trial mm-hmm. came at a time when I just started working for Andy. Oh
1: my and that gosh. Was 12 that's years interesting ago. when you think Well, about 2011, that. 11 years yeah, ago, but like yeah. it'll be
0: 12 years in March. So I'm saying 12, even though I know it was 11 years ago. And like, yeah. You know, at at NBC, if you remember, John, like we all had TVs at our desk. You know, I remember mm-hmm. my dad being like, You have a TV at your desk? How the fuck are you gonna get that, to work? That's on? what like, I
1: got too when people would visit my desk. I'm people like, people I don't like, even have what? it on half the time. But And
0: yeah. now right, I don't even have it on half the time. And like, <laughs> yeah, we're kind of encouraged to like have it on. And that's like so foreign to people who live in like banking offices. I know, because yeah. it's like you are encouraged to like have entertainment, but like we all had TVs at our desk and yeah. You know, I used to, you know, I'd watch cuts from there, I'd watch certain things, but I remember, like, watching, and I wasn't as, I was always into true crime, but I didn't really have the skill set to discuss it in the same way that now we've kind we of do yeah. this scale a little bit more, yeah. and I'm kind of being aware, because, you know, you're also working at the same time, but let me sure. just say, yeah. that time, 2011, watching this case Knewing the big headlines thing, headline, you know, things that I did, Kaylee Anthony's three years old. Casey Anthony was out partying, didn't contact the police for 30 days when her fucking daughter was missing. Mm hmm. I think we all felt as a collective that she was guilty I think that that was certainly what I felt at the time without really having any ideas of this case do you remember watching the trial were you like very much so set on her being like you know basically being like what a horrible person what a horrible mother she's guilty did you have that same kind of visceral um, reaction
1: um I, I will be honest this was at a time where I wasn't yet fully into true crime the way that I certainly am now um I definitely remember feeling very disturbed, for lack of a better word, on the show. Maybe shaken. Maybe shaken by the just Details. obsession of of covering her. And, like, you know, this was also coming out of, like, I don't know if this is super relevant, but I'll try to make the connection. The obsession and weird paparazzi stuff that was going on with yeah. Britney Spears in particular, like, late oh, 2009, God, yes. you know, I was very disturbed by all of that and I felt obviously it's very different it's a criminal trial it's not just a celebrity like getting in and out but I had very similar vibes and I was very put off by the way media in general handled things I do vaguely remember the OJ trial like I remember my mom and my stepdad at the time being ex- glued to the TV about it yeah, and it we being all were. very yeah. annoying you know at my age because I wanted to watch like you know Captain Planet So I think when it came to like trials and and all that stuff at that time I wasn't as interested. The only thing I can really remember is being like, "Oh, this seems to track that she killed her child. What's going to happen?" And then the next day the verdict came out, and everyone was freaked out. And I was like, "Wow, did they mess this up?" You know.
0: And that's a good point. I mean, I felt that way kind of about media with the um, Gabby Petito Brian Laundry case. Well, right. the media was just camped outside these people's houses, like, right. the moment it was happening. And I understand trying to get the details for the public, but it was also, mm-hmm. like, Netflix and Amazon, like, begging <laughs> for rights and doing that. It just felt something like – and yeah. granted, we do a true crime podcast, so there's something a little – there's, like, a healthy balance of things. Yeah. It was, like, a little bit gross, but I do remember saying to myself – and. Saying to myself, or maybe saying to my friends after the verdict came out that Casey Anthony uh, was acquitted—you know, she's not guilty—and that's mm-hmm. important to say, regardless of your opinion, is that yes. the court of law found her not guilty by a group of jurors, uh, which is important to say, um, is that I just remember thinking her life's over, no matter what, like no matter what. Me too. Because now the that you public, say that. Yep. the public thinks that she's guilty. Where's this girl going to get a job? She's gonna have to change her name. Like, everyone knows what she looks like. Everyone Mm -hmm. knows. The whole world is watching this trial that, that, like, no matter where she goes, what she does. And, you know, it's not funny. I just mean that as a turn of phrase. Now, in this doc, when they show her that, you know, one of her lawyers was like, I have to take this girl in because her whole life is gonna be ruined. Like, and threatened. I just remember thinking that. It's like, if she's guilty, she's going to live a life of shame and she's not going to have anything. And I just remember having that such visceral reaction and now kind of seeing how that was playing out in real time in this doc <laughs> was super eye-opening to me. For
1: sure. I agree with you completely. I do remember having that feeling. I even went to my Twitter account recently in preparation for the show to be like, did I ever tweet about Casey Anthony? And I yeah. did a search, couple different searches, but I couldn't find anything. I also looked on your account, but n- none of us... Responded or tweeted about it. 2011. I've never been a big tweeter. Yeah, I was going to say just back so then. Early. I've just
0: never been that big of a tweeter because once you put that out there, it's just so hard to explain yourself. Like in type. totally, yeah. And like I've just never been that type, even though I I appreciate Twitter for what it is. Like especially yeah. about that, that's how just like bad things kind of happen. You know, you say one thing and then it just kind of snowballs, and I don't really want to be like a part of that. I sort yeah. of like observing of that as opposed to being a part of it, but. Um, yeah, you know, this, this doc, and obviously, you know, both of us have worked at NBC. I still work at NBC. This was sort of the first doc of Peacock, even though Peacock's kind of knew that I knew as soon as it came out, I was like, I got to see this. I got to <laughs> yeah, watch definitely. this. We haven't seen her in the public eye. Everyone knows say, her name. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Casey Anthony is a, is a, is a name in infamy mm-hmm. and I hadn't heard from her in so long. Well, so the fact that they got her to sit down, I was like, I got to hear what she has to say.
1: And then that's a very interesting and I want to get to your pre viewing thoughts in a second, but I will say we know that this topic, you know, just the fact that she's speaking in a documentary was very polarizing to a lot of our own listeners, which is understandable. If you think that, you know, she was found not guilty, but you think that she's guilty and now she's like, quote unquote, making money from this documentary, which I don't even know. I can't verify that personally. I tried to, but I don't know. Um, but uh, probably right. She probably got some kind of compensation out of this, which by the way, she's has a right to whether you kind of agree with it or not, you know, like she has a right to her own story, especially as someone who's found not guilty of, of, well, of yeah. a charge and, like, like this.
0: And I, and I do encourage everyone to think like, if you think she's guilty, imagine if she is innocent, what you would want that to be. And like, I think right. a lot of people knowing that she got to sit down on it. It's like, well, she got to edit herself this way and the other thing. And like, maybe that is all true, but we haven't really heard from her. And one thing we try to do on this show yeah. is kind of go in with fresh eyes, freshest info, look at the evidence presented, but it's really important to remember that after a trial that really rocked the world, you know, mm-hmm. a la OJ and Michael Jackson and these types of trials, there was a jury of 12 people, 12 independent people who agreed that Casey Anthony was found not guilty. And, that is really important, you know. And uh, yeah. even when we cover OJ of it all, and even when we covered Scott Peterson, who everyone thinks is guilty, but then we were like, well, his trial yeah. was all fucked up with that juror. Like right. that is super important. And sometimes in the in 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 life, no, nothing can be perfect. But sometimes in life, like you have to, you do have to prove guilt. And if you cannot prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, it is a good thing that those people get to be innocent. It is a good thing that she is not behind bars if they couldn't prove that she did something, no matter your feelings on it and no matter your being a mother, I'm sure is even harder for people. And, you know, we are not parents, so we can probably separate ourselves from this, but having a jury of, you know, 12 independent people find her not guilty, I think is still, it still matters to the case. And it's still really important that we talk about that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the last thing I'll say before we kind of, we'll recap a little bit of the actual case, like what happened with Kaylee and things like that here in a second. but, one of the other things that I really wanted to talk about before we get into all of this was that, you know, you have to consider from a listening, like to the listeners and for ourselves, Darren, the media representation of what this was. We talked about that a few seconds ago. But like, you know, the headlines, <laughs> the punditry, you know, right. in this documentary, we saw a lot of Dr. Drew, like really uh, forcing a narrative about Casey Anthony but not from anything that was sort of based out of the evidence that the jury or that the courtroom was seeing. So, you know, it was a mother who killed, who went out and partied, like you were just saying, Darren. Um, but I think that mo- as most of us listening to the show know by now, yeah, we were not only there, we were not in the courtroom. And everyone grieves and reacts differently. I mean, how many times have we said that on the show alone?
0: Oh, absolutely. You
1: know, and then we'll get into what a lot of this, the, the narrative of this documentary, which was sexual abuse, we'll get into it. I didn't even yeah. know that in 2011. Me neither. No, well, she wasn't really allowed to
0: say it. You know, yeah. she wasn't really allowed to yeah. talk about it. And, you know, speaking of just taking headlines, I mean, certainly back then, 10, 12 years ago, <coughs> excuse me, um, I think if I, I don't, rem- I remember reading about it, but my memory back then just kind of remembers yeah. the detail of like, her partying and not calling the police for 30 days. Right. That's the headline that we took. Right. You know, and that's the headline that I remember thinking about and just being like, well, she's guilty. You're not going to call the police when your fucking three-year-old child is Same. missing for 30 days? Like, you're guilty. And kind of shame on me for thinking that too because that's not fair. I think we can all judge people's reactions to things, but, like, I didn't know all this stuff that was going on. Whether or right. not she's telling the truth, what if she is? And I think the presumption should always be innocence. Yeah. Um. So... I, uh, you know, I sort of mentioned this on NMR, but I, I was on this radio show that I do every <laughs> single week and, you know, they wanted to know my thoughts on it. Cause obviously like I'm the true crime person and
1: right.
0: we're going to get into my thoughts. And there was a lot of Facebook feedback basically of what I thought about it and people's visceral reactions to it. And while I think it's good that people have reactions towards innocence and guilt and thinking about things, no one actually really knows beyond a reasonable doubt because a jury of 12 people found her not guilty. Right. And that's super, super important to remember. Yeah,
1: it is. Yeah. So, well, let's get into it. I mean, you've we've kind of set it up a little bit here, but let's go to the moments before yeah. we we clicked play. For me, it it took a minute. You know, I had to use your account to get it to play. It took me a few days. Few it took days. me a few days just to get into the app. Um you know what were your thoughts and then i'll give you my thoughts too but what were your thoughts were you sort of expect like what were you expecting i guess out of this were you like like we were just saying going in with an open mind that maybe you could be convinced did you, were you like some of our listeners thinking there's no way that she's by any means uh, uh not guilty obviously you talked a little bit about that but what were you your know
0: thoughts? you you usually when the person is in being interviewed for the doc you know, I didn't expect her to be like, yeah, I did it. No, of course. Like, I, right. You know, first off, there's double jeopardy, so she's not going to be tried for it again. True. But I didn't, you know, I thought the fact that she was willing to sit down, obviously it was to tell her side. Because I think everyone else sort of got their side of everything during that time. And we really yeah. didn't hear from her. She was super young. You know, like, I'm older now than she was then. Yeah. And um, so I knew that it wasn't going to be a clear cut. But I do remember also telling people, you know, of like, Oh, I'm going to watch the Casey Anthony doc this weekend. They were like, who is she again? I'm like the girl that didn't call the police after 30 Mm -hmm. days. Like I went in being like, she's guilty and got, you know, but I'm open to hearing what she has to say. Like I'm curious to hear her side of the story. I think I would be curious about anybody's side of any story, you know, guilty or not. And so I definitely went in with an open mind, but I wasn't expecting to change my opinion of what happened to her.
1: Gotcha. What about you? I had similar um, thoughts. I will say that I was a little bit influenced to watch it because our listeners were asking me so much. Like, have you watched it? Are you going to watch it? And then even some folks at work. And I think you and I are typically in our groups of people, the true crime folks, as you just said. So I think it is sort of like an expectation that we're going to watch every single thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had heard some rumblings about how it had changed people's opinions about her. And I thought, I haven't heard that from a documentary, a true crime documentary, maybe ever. Like, you don't really hear yeah. about that happening. So I was like, I immediately texted you, actually. And I was like, we, we have to watch this for the, for the show. Like, let's get into yeah. it. I think you may have already watched it at that point, too. Um... But I will say like I I was very open to it. Like I was also open – like I was just saying about the, um, the media stuff. Like I am somewhat embarrassed maybe to an extent at how influenced I was by media in not just this case but other cases, even Scott Peterson and others. It's like you only know what you hear through your casual day. Like unless you right. are an investigator, you're not going to sit – or a true crime podcaster – You're not typically going to sit down and investigate all the minute details of every case, but those minute details are what matter the most when it comes to sense or or guilt. Can make or break the case, you know, and like
0: in this type of environment, you know, regardless of Casey's actions, which Mm -hmm. we could all maybe describe as weird or odd or bizarre, Mm -hmm. um, there might be a perfectly reasonable explanation for it. And she's kind of claiming that there was so. All right, let's just, let's recap it a little bit. Okay, so the Anthony,
1: if you didn't, watch, Anthony, the doc,
0: if you didn't yeah. watch the doc or, you know, just kind of giving you a few details here. I'm sure most people have read at least the Wikipedia about it now. But right. Kaylee Anthony Casey, Anthony, Casey Anthony's daughter, went missing for 31 days. Before Casey Anthony decided to call the police, which was a bizarre, weird phone call, as we remember, which we all saw it on the dock with, you know, Zanny, 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 the nanny, you know, which a lot of people think is code for Xanax, um, right. which they also talk about in the dock. Casey yep. lied to the police, which she does admit to in the dock. And everyone about everything all w- way down to where she worked. You know, they take her. She did work at this place. She takes her, kind of goes down an end of a hallway. You know, she took the police to Universal Studios. Even you probably know your way around Universal Studios <laughs> even say, better I than do. Casey. And then she was just kind of like, oh, yeah, no. Um, Actually, leads her down the hall into, like, a closet. And she's like, yeah, absolutely no. Like, I don't work here. Although yeah. she does claim to have worked there. Right. And I do imagine that given the fact that it is a documentary on Peacock, If she didn't work there, they would have put a disclaimer saying that Universal Studios has no record of Casey Anthony ever working there. And they didn't do that.
1: That's a good point, yeah. And also other witnesses testified and are in the documentary and they're like, she worked there. It was just years before this, yeah.
0: Right, and she says that, you know, and she does admit that lie. Yeah. And obviously, you know, she goes to jail for lying to the police and was held until they charged her with the murder. Right, And so that's like the big kind of headline with everything, you know? And, yeah. in the, and in the phone call to the police, as we had relived in this doc, she didn't seem overly frantic about her daughter being missing, you know? She didn't seem, granted it had been 31 days, she didn't seem overly concerned.
1: Yeah, there wasn't, That was. that's a really good point. There wasn't a sort of like, oh my God, finally Commanded. I can talk to you, you know? Like, my right. my daughter's missing, it's been 31 days. It was more like, it was not necessary. how do I put this? It was almost like.
0: It was an afterthought almost. Yeah. I mean, like oh, like yeah, by something the something she like, had to do that missing. day. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so, again, at trial she was found not, not guilty. guilty. And even with, this, even with this doc, now you might think Casey Anthony still did it. You might have a different opinion of who did it. But mm-hmm. Kaylee's murder still remains a mystery. So no one has been charged with the murder of Kaylee Anthony.
1: That's right. Yeah. Um, so some information about this documentary in case, just to set you guys all up, it's streaming on Peacock. We talked about that. It was, th- it's three parts. It's called Casey Anthony, where the truth lies. And I think as far as I'm aware, Darren, it's the first time that she's ever talked about this case at length like this. Cause as like you mentioned, I know, she yeah. kind of disappeared, you know, from the public eye, which of course is like the only thing you can do in those moments. Cause <laughs> Death threats and people that felt so passionate that she killed her daughter.
0: And, you know, like, it says something to me that she didn't, like, write a book and get a shit ton of money for it.
1: Good point. You know, yeah, that didn't she think about didn't that. just
0: use that media and being like, see, like, you know, I'm innocent and here's my tell-all. Like, she she hid from the public for 10 years right. that also says something to me. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's proof of innocence or guilt, but I do think that a lot of people, especially when they're guilty, they double down on that and they write like, OJ, uh, if they did it, I mean, that's just like basically like a slap in your face. Like, and Mm -hmm. I could see someone like that writing a book, trying to get money off of it, kind of doing what she was claiming her parents were doing that whole time by going on Larry King and GMA and these things, you know, like there's that.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. Well, so then let's just, so we'll go in like part by part here and we're going to talk about like kind of the big moments that stuck out to us. Um, So part one, they kind of recap the story that was like most of the episode really. I was really interested in the jail interviews when Casey was in jail for lying to the police, I believe it was. Yep. Um, You know, one of her friends you hear on the phone is asking her like, why aren't you crying, Casey? And she's like, because i have too much to do i can't sit around and cry my eyes out i'm in jail like where's my daughter like i need to find my daughter and you hear her sort of explain to them like i hear that you guys are upset and sitting at home but like i'm in jail trying to get out of jail and i did sympathize with her in that in that moment cuz i'm like you could hear in my opinion and of course this is all very you know subjective it's how we hear things in our own personal opinions but To me, she sounded very, um, like, uh, eager and enthusiastic to, like, get out of jail and or find her daughter. Like, it didn't sound like she was, like, giving up or anything like that, which I think is somewhat interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, Um, she's a young person being thrown in prison. Potentially, she knows whether or not she's innocent or guilty. But if she is innocent, the presumption should be innocence. If she is innocent... I mean, God, like, yeah. how can we judge this woman for not crying? Like, I don't know. We're just judging her based on all the things that we think we would do. We but would like, do, exactly. Uh, but I yeah. encourage anyone to, like, okay, we'll pretend to be in prison and see yeah. like, how we would react with that. And also, given the, you know, the abuse allegations that we're going to get into and learn about right. later, I mean, it's like you can compartmentalize things to protect your brain. People do it all the time, haphazardly. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what's going on here.
1: Yeah, another thing that, that kind of stuck out to me was the detectives who were the initial investigators on the case back in the day. You know, I don't know what you thought about them, Darren. I personally just kept hearing a lot of sort of circumstantial things and a lot of assumptions about who or why she's lying and all this type of stuff. And I get it. Like, they probably haven't done a ton of murder cases in their career. Maybe it's not even... Yeah. Maybe this could have been the first one. I don't know. But it was a lot of sort of um, characterizations about who she is that yeah. would then lead to them thinking that XYZ happened. And that really bothered me. And we're going to get to a listener response that really kind of nails this thought in my head and at the end of the episode. But it just really felt that the police department were working on her and her alone without thinking of anybody else and it became very clear very early in this documentary at least that like they had no other thoughts in their head other than she was the one that did this and, and right, not a and lot of evidence gonna, to prove it you know
0: uh, yeah and that's and that's fucked up you know and no yeah. one sh- no one deserves that in the court of law because if you are guilty of something, there will be enough evidence in order to prove you of that. Otherwise, it might be a perfect crime. And so for them to kind of go in, and a lot of that has to deal with how they interview people. And yeah. there always should be a presumption of innocence. And I just encourage everyone to just like, yeah, God, you know, if you're stuck in that situation where they already think you're guilty, man, the cops are going to make sure that you are fucking guilty. Right. They no, are going to totally. make sure of it, you know? And then yeah. we learn a little bit about what she was going through at that time.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then there's another thing that stuck out to me in this episode, which was we hear from a local journalist. I think her name was Jacqueline Hampton. And she talks about how, you know, she says, quote, my job changed because it was like all consuming. Find the next Casey Anthony story, because that is what people were watching the news for. And that really stuck out to me. We've talked so much, even just already in this episode, like about the media's Uh, place in these kind of murder trials and it's like or murder cases and it was another example of someone who is a journalist a local tv news anchor I believe is what she was who you know her motivation was under any circumstances find a new story but like this is a murder case like there are facts and there are opinions and The way that the media blends those things together to come up with a news cycle was just very, very early in the documentary. I just thought embarrassed and somewhat ashamed in myself for feeding into that because, yeah, we were all a part of that whether we liked it or not.
0: Well, yeah, and I often, you know, people always ask us, like, what's the first crime that kind of got you into it? And one of the first crimes I always say is Andrea Yates, because it's so Mm -hmm. unbelievable for me to think of a mother doing this to their kids. You know, mothers are supposed to be, women in general are supposed to be nurturing and warm and the protector in that sort of way. And what a perfect fodder for a media storm of not only a mother, but a young mother, a good-looking white mother, Mm -hmm. to have done this horrible thing, not call the cops. And, you know, we sort of do learn this sort of big bombshell at the end of the episode was Casey describes now again this is casey claiming this we don't have proof but casey is claiming this and she does claim that her therapist you know her therapist kind of comes on and talks about it that yeah. at eight years old she was sexually abused by her father who then stops at 12 then her brother starts sexually he doesn't he doesn't have sex with her but he definitely assaults her mm-hmm. and abuses her that stops before 15 she never tells her mom mm-hmm. and when she does tell her mom at 19 her mom shames her for it yeah i, I mean i I can't imagine that. you know, I can't imagine feeling so alone and you you these are people that you trust at eight at eight years old, you know your brother and your dad who were supposed to protect you were the ones actually assaulting you and then your mother sides with them. yeah you know, again, if true, that's horrible. That's just horrible.
1: It is horrible and you know we'll talk we'll touch on this throughout the other parts. but what I will say at this point point, excuse me, is that. What it's not just that she was sexually abused, and then, like, you know, you wake up the next day and you go about your life. Like, the abuse was the very beginnings of what we eventually learn, not just from Casey, but by professionals who come onto the documentary. And we learn what those effects of that abuse are. You know, it's the compartmentalization.
0: Exactly. And like a way for your brain to protect itself from these horrible things that happen to you, which also manifest in having quote unquote bizarre reactions to things. Totally. And
1: lying specifically. And by the way, we don't this wasn't the first time I ever learned this. Darren, I'm sure it's not for you as well. I was I will just be very adamant and open with you guys. I know people very close to me in my life who have had this exact same scenario, you know, it's tragic, it's horrible, but I've seen this unfold not just with Casey Anthony, but with people in my life. So when they started getting into that, I was like, Oh my God, wait a minute. Like, yeah, now as an adult who, and let's be honest, uh, you know, mental health awareness, where was that in 2011? Like we are as a society, light years ahead of like understanding what mental abuse or mental illness is and the effects of even just sexual abuse with the me too movement really kind of taking the the reins um with that conversation so you know Casey at least especially by the end of part one really does seem to be checking those boxes and maybe that was sort of her own therapy being like wait a minute I, this is all making sense in my head. Like I hope other people will think will understand that too. I don't know if that's right. how you you saw it. But
0: no, I mean, and that's how part one kind of ends with that big sort of bombshell yeah. that I had never known about that I had never heard about, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of like,
1: Oh, oh, okay. Didn't know that yeah. what's coming up next. I will say the one thing that really stuck out about part one to me, by the end of it, my big question for me was okay, hear what you're saying. You know, you went to jail. You got the tattoo. I don't. I didn't find any of that really. You know, that didn't tell me anything about being a murderer. So I'm like, whatever. It's very kind of um, not hearsay, but whatever. Yeah. But the question for me was, I wanted to know where she thought Kaylee was for those 31 days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That and was. That's, the th- yeah. That was exactly what I thought too. And it's yeah. like, regardless of that. Did you care about Kaylee? Did you question it? And you know we don't have that answer. At the we
1: don't. even still, we don't. but we'll get to more of that in part three, I think. So let's move into part two. more claims yes. of sexual abuse. We hear specifically more and more about, <clears throat> excuse me, like the techniques, frankly, that her yep. dad kind of uh, implied onto her, or applied onto her. One of them was that she would have a, pillow over her face until she was basically unconscious um very disturbing, I will say. And also,
0: you know that he was also saying like you can't tell anybody, you know, and That's you tell right. your mom like you you you're gonna ruin it for the whole family. It was all, and she talks about this a lot of just protecting the image of a family. And a lot of people who suffer from abuse or violence talk about that, mm-hmm. which is why it's really hard for a lot of people to talk about their own sexual assault and sexual violence. Is because not only are they trying to protect their own image, they're yeah. trying to protect the image if it happened to their if it happened by someone who was related to them. Yeah, you know, right. a lot of it is image based. And if everyone in your family is sort of in on it and it's all about protecting the family, you know, that has to be sort of its own jail cell in and of itself. And she talks about her kind of living in a jail cell in her mind. She talks about jail in general is just super sickeningly the smells, the sounds that she'd hear. I mean, you know, it just like just kind of crazy. We meet one of her.
1: Yeah. Her friend Robin. uh,
0: her, yeah, who was in jail for conspiracy for drug trafficking I marijuana, mean, which I mean
1: I mean you and I
0: both know. <laughs> here we are fucking talking about loomy gummies. Okay. Right, like exactly. you and I both know how I fucking feel about that. And this woman was in solitary confinement. Confinement. Means, as I was Casey Anthony, which means yeah. that twenty-three hours a day they're in like an eight by eight cell and they get yeah. an hour of sunlight a day. Okay? Yeah. An hour to go out. That is human torture to me, no matter what of we say what they did.
1: Um, and I feel like, yeah. oh, sorry, go ahead. No,
0: no, go ahead. I'm no, just I was going to say, I think,
1: that. I think this was also the part of the documentary where we find out, I don't know if she did this in the letters that she sent to Robin, but she essentially essentially says that that day, you know, the claim was that Casey may have drowned in the pool. Right. But Casey was adamant that the the pool ladder was not available and that her daughter would not have been able to like open, the, you know, wake up out of her sleep and walk out of the room and walk out of the out of the house and then like climb up. I mean, it is a lot of barriers to get into the pool, especially because it was an above ground pool. It wasn't.
0: Right. A gra- you're not in falling into pool. it. No,
1: you're not right. falling at all. You really have to try for that. So. You know, this is the first kind of conversation, I guess you could say, in uh, in the whole documentary where we hear about this. But she's very adamant, you know, um yeah. about that. So to backtrack a little bit, so John Allen, one of the detectives, interesting to me, he does not believe that Casey was sexually abused. I mean,
0: throughout uh, the whole doc, he's like, she's guilty, and there's nothing you can do to change my mind. And you know yeah. what? fuck you a little bit. You don't deserve to be, a de- you yeah. don't deserve to be a detective when you have that thought because you know what should change your mind? Evidence.
1: Evidence or from Or lack of evidence. Yeah.
0: You know, and that should change your mind. You should always be yeah. open as a detective because you've already think that. Well then yeah. fucking prove it in court.
1: Yeah. Prove it in court. And this was the part in the documentary, part two where they really focused in on the professionals, um, like the psychotherapists and all the forensic yep. therapists or, um, forensic psychologists all of whom diagnosed her with PTSD and all the different things that kind of come with sexual abuse. And, you know, for me as someone who, and I'm sure for you, Darren, as somebody who does podcasting and true crime and I work in true crime when I'm not doing the show, it really is about proving things in court with scientific, scientific methods and evidence and, Not just coming up with a character of somebody and just going with it because you have a quote-unquote gut feeling. Um, So for me, it was very clear, like, okay, I'm going to believe the professionals in these cases because that's what they're there to do. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It was a little bit weird for so many of the detectives to simply be like, nope, she wasn't sexually abused. I don't believe her. Like, based on what? You know, right, and, and, I, and I think, the fact
0: that they are men saying that that's too, what I, there's just yeah, something a little yeah. extra icky, I think, about that. Yeah, it's just, yeah.
1: yeah. Really quick before we go on, I wanted to talk about our favorite new gift website, Uncommon Goods. It's the holiday season. There's not much time left before Christmas, but there's Hanukkah. There's tons of holidays coming up, and Uncommon Goods has quickly become my favorite website for this stuff. Darren, you recently talked about – that custom viewfinder that you got your girlfriend and and that she loved. There are tons of unique gifts that you actually don't even have to customize either. They have tons of really cool customizable gifts, but um, other things too. So if you wanted to get something, you know, for just a coworker or a pickleball league partner, which might be what I'm shopping for, whatever it may be, they just have really cool gifts for, I think, everyone one thing that's in my cart right now is this homemade lemon, limoncello kit. It is really cool. Um, you can make your own decanter. It's It comes with everything you need. It's really cool. It includes one liter glass infusion jar, two 17-ounce glass bottles with cork lids, stainless steel funnel, pipette, muslin cloth, bottle labels even, and natural manuka honey flavor. It's, it's labeled easy in terms of difficulty level. I just thought it was such a cool thing. Like this isn't something you would like go to Walmart or even Target and pick up. And they have lots of other homemade uh, like food kits. There's like a beer brewing kit. There's a sake making kit. Um, and obviously since we're a boozy true crime show, I felt like this was something that you guys would really want. So if you love limoncello like I do – um, check it out again. That's Uncommon Goods. They're a really awesome website. Um, to get fifteen percent off your next gift, you can go to uncommongoods.com/shaken. That's uncommongoods.com/shaken for fifteen percent off. So don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods were all out of the ordinary. Okay, so let's get back to the show. So then we move in another jailhouse call happens and. Uh, episode two or whatever part two this one was interesting because we get into the conversation that you know the whole thing was that her dad was telling her what to do something happened we'll get to what that might have been later something happened that day her dad says I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Kaylee she's gonna be fine follow my every move follow my every instruction keep in mind he's a former policeman He's allegedly an abuser, sexually abuser, so he now has a little bit of an authority over Casey, allegedly. And in this jailhouse call, you see her mom and dad on one side of the phone. You see Casey on the other, and I think her mom says something along the lines of, what does your gut tell you, Casey? What does your gut tell you? And Casey's response is, quote, my gut tells me she's close and she's Okay. And her dad isn't making eye contact at all. He's kind of just, like, looking down and looking away. And, you know, for me, I have two minds about this, and I'm curious what you think. One is, yeah, that would align, I think, with somebody who's being controlled in a sense. But my other thought is Casey's been in jail at this point. So, like, wouldn't there be some hint from the conversations with her parents of, like, continue to follow my lead, Casey? Don't go off the beaten path I just feel like we would have heard that in other parts of the conversation that her dad has Kaylee and she'll be okay. I don't know. It just feels like otherwise, what is she doing? Just sitting there hoping for the best and completely out of control because her dad, her abuser, is telling her. I don't know. What are your thoughts about all of that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think everyone knows that jailhouse conversations are recorded. So I think there's also yeah. part of that, you know, and I think she was. I think it could be possible that Casey Anthony didn't really know what was happening and trusted her father and believed her father that Kaylee was fine. and so Maybe protecting
1: to, him, actually, now that I think of it. Protecting her family,
0: yeah. you know, protecting the reputation of her that she believes she's innocent, so she's going to get out, but maybe didn't know that where Kaylee was, you know, or maybe she was right. saying that because her father told her to say that. Yeah. Like, we don't know. we, yeah, don't, we know. don't know. Yeah. You know, so that's also the frustrating thing here, and I think... You know, moving right along is sort of like why yeah. wouldn't she take this plea bargain when the plea bargain is twenty years with guilt and responsibility for daughter's death? Well, if you're innocent, you're not going to take a plea bargain because right. it's, you can't live with that lifetime of taking that responsibility for your daughter's death. I mean, if you are not responsible for that, how could you? Because also, from a mother standpoint, if you're innocent then the case is closed and shut, and you're never going to find out who actually killed Kaylee. Oh,
1: good point. I didn't think about that. Right, then it's not a cold case. It's uh, Right, open and then it's case. solved. Right. Then
0: it's solved. So no wonder she's not going to take that either.
1: Yeah, one of the other things about this moment that really stuck out to me was, of the whole documentary, until the very end of part three, which we'll get to in a second, she seemed so convict. she had so much conviction when she was like, that wasn't happening. There was no chance I was taking a plea bargain. There's no chance I was going to take a, any kind of guilt or responsibility for her death. You know, she was very passionate throughout the entire thing, for very at various times, very emotional, very grief-stricken about things. This was like no fucking way. And I just thought yeah. it was very compelling to me. I really believed what she was saying that she was like I was, um, I was there trying to find out what happened to her and where she was. Right. No chance I'm going to take that. I thought that right. was really bold.
0: And I think when you do want to find out the truth, you aren't going to take the plea bargain. Yeah. I think some people might be forced into it because they know that, like, the evidence is against them. But clearly she didn't, you know? And, yeah, like, exactly. Clearly she didn't. But yeah, John, you just titled this segment Trial Weirdness. Why don't you walk (laughs) us through a little bit of the trial weirdness that's going on?
1: So, yeah. So one of the defense attorneys, oh, I wish I had her name. I I think I had it a second ago, but I I can't find it now. But she's very heavily um, a part of the documentary. She's the one that kind of comes in and is meant to sort of be like, look at what they're claiming and tell us why this isn't working. Because Casey, you know, her defense is like she's innocent. So let's... Let's look at this information. So one of the things that was really interesting that I remember hearing all the time was chloroform. Oh, she used oh my chloroform. God. She passed That's out. A knocked,
0: that knocked her out. Yeah, she knocked her it, out. it. doesn't smell. It was perfect. It perfect Ka- crime. Kaylee Ka- Ka- yeah. out. Right, exactly. But, but there wasn't any chloroform. There was
1: no chloroform. That was the very first thing that this what this d- attorney says. She was like, you know, they had this big thing about chloroform. There was no chloroform anywhere to be found. Not oh. in the autopsy. It was not in Kaylee's system.
0: That was just created. And
1: I'm just like, how does that even enter a courtroom then? Like, that was right. fascinating to me. So then she talks about what we all heard. This was another thing that I remember hearing, that Kay- Kaylee's mouth and her part of her nose was covered yep. in duct tape. Well woman comes on. She's like, by the way, we looked at the photos uh, from the crime scene that there was no duct tape anywhere on her face. There was a little bit of duct tape in her hair, but they believe that that had only been there because it had slid down into her hair from the bag that was used, which was very clearly duct taped. Um, right. The the trash bag. Another thing that I was like, what? That was debunked. Meanwhile, imagine what a jury is thinking at this point you know the de- the the prosecution's trying to say all these things and that are very clear-cut ways of both killing and, and disposing prove, of someone right. and, the,
0: yeah. and the defense is like but that's mm, not that's here. not how <laughs> this
1: happened right right i will say but. the next thing they talked about was the hair bonding thing i couldn't quite follow this
0: me neither i yeah. didn't quite Get so basic, what that meant
1: yeah basically like i think and guys if you listening may understand this better than i or darren did but essentially like there was a there was hair found in the trunk of casey's car that indicated bonding i believe hair bonding was initially from the um, prosecution meant to say definitely dead if you if your hair is bonding you're definitely dead However, that's not true. Um, this appear, it appeared to me that you know there were many other circumstances in which hair bonding can happen, so that was somehow right. debunked, um, and then more just kind of what I think so many of us in this genre call junk A lot of science. Junk science. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that was fascinating. They even have this guy that was testifying for the prosecution. Was the smell of the quote-unquote dead body that was in the trunk was determined to be credible by this guy because they condensed air into a pellet and were able to test it. And the woman's like, that has never been used in a court of law ever. That is." I
0: don't even know what the fuck that means.
1: It's like trying to get like the vacuum repairman to come in and say, Um, I can condense air into a pellet and this is the science we should use. And right. I just keep thinking again, like I'm sitting on a, if I'm sitting on a jury and I hear this, I'm gonna be like, "What the actual what? fuck are you talking about?"
0: And let me tell you something: we know what dead bodies smell like. We are literally trained to be repulsed by that smell. Good point. Like we even talked about it in Dahmer that we literally have a visceral reaction unless you are Dahmer,
1: right? To be <laughs>
0: disgusted by rotting flesh because yeah. it yeah. says in our mind that human beings are rotting. Like yeah. that—that's that, so, something that we would know. Continue yeah. with the junk science. So
1: yeah, that's pretty. I mean, the other thing, is, which this isn't necessarily junk science per se, but cadaver dogs um, were brought in to kind of smell and alert to the car where yep. allegedly the body Suss was. Suss it in the out. Back. Suss it out exactly. Um, they had one dog come in, it alerted, and then another dog came in, did not alert. But the prosecution only went, only revealed, and only went for the 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 reality that? that one dog right. alerted, and this is something that I've known for a while, and Darren, I'm sure you as well that uh, cadaver dogs can be faulty. You know, I remember being at CrimeCon years ago. Yeah. They had a whole cadaver dog uh, panel, and they're like, "By the way, sometimes they alert when things aren't there." Like, this is all like cr- you know, true crime one hundred and one. Like, that's not new. Right. That's not news. So anyway, the tr- that's really a lot of the different things. And, and by the way, episode two does such a good job at like one by one going through this stuff and explaining yep. it way better than we are. But just our reaction to this, Darren, is at least my reaction was just like, wow, like especially the duct tape thing. That really surprised me. I didn't know that until I watched well, the, the documentary. the which was like a the massive –
0: yeah, which is yeah. a massive thing. So. I feel like this
1: case is where I learned what chloroform was 12 years yes. ago. And like now to know that there was just no chloroform None. was shocking. Okay. Yeah, insane. Did you? Yeah. What were your thoughts before we move on? Like just generally the same. Well, yeah, I just think this same, did a really right?
0: good job of showing that why she was proven innocent in court.
1: Exactly. That's what that was my thought.
0: There's well. a reason for that, you know. Right. There's a reason for that.
1: So then we learn a little bit. You know, Crystal Holloway, which is an interesting last name. Of course, we all know the Natalie Holloway story, but Crystal Holloway is a woman who. Uh, George claims to have had an affair with, although the documentary makes a point that he denies any affair with her. George
0: is, of course, Casey I'm Anthony's sorry, father. I'm co- sorry, yes,
1: her father, exactly. She claims that he confessed to her some details about this. This wasn't necessarily... Um, Unclear. Yeah, this wasn't necessarily like I didn't believe her. It was just like, this is just somebody in his world speaking on it. And I don't know right. whether or not, like you just don't know the truth about that. Another interesting part was I, we realized that the number one way that children die in Florida is accidental drowning. That's interesting. Not surprising to there. Not surprising, not surprising, but definitely something new to me, you know, in that sense. Right. So definitely thought about that. That being said, again, Casey is adamant that Kaylee did adamant. not drown in the pool, you know?
0: And, you know, when, you know, and she's adamant about that happening and maybe, you know, that's her also way of protecting mm-hmm. her father or exactly. family members, that was my you know, yeah. in in its own way. Yeah. Um, but she's pretty adamant about that. That being said, someone could have taken her into the pool and drowned her. Um, certainly that is also right. possible. But the fact of like Kaylee Anthony falling in because she's three years old into the pool just doesn't seem overly likely to me, especially for yeah. an above ground pool.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, Casey was like, there's no chance she, she did it, but you know, we, I feel like part two really kind of talks about, especially towards the end, exactly what she remembers from that moment. And let's talk about that. Yeah. So what she remembers is waking up, Kaylee was no longer with her in the bed where she had fallen she, asleep with her.
0: Right. And she remembers her being right next to her, falling asleep.
1: Exactly. She w- she's woken up by her dad saying, Ca- uh, "Casey, where is Kaylee?" They go out. They don't. She. I think the next thing she says is, "They go out looking for her." She comes around the house, and her dad is standing there with Kaylee in her arm, in his arms, and Kaylee is soaking wet. That is one detail that Casey is adamantly remembers, and that she has no idea why she was wet. One might think that she was in the pool. Did she go on her own? Did her dad put her there? What are the reasons she's there for both re- both of those things? We'll get to that in a second. But she has no idea why she's wet. Her dad says, I will take her. She'll be okay. And goes and takes her somewhere. Now, this is where I have a big problem with Casey's story. Because what happens next is what? Where yeah, does right. he take her? <laughs> Casey, where do you go? Your, your daughter soaking wet. And what I'm assuming is lifeless. They don't even really talk about if she's like alive, unconscious. We don't know. We Wait, don't we know.
0: Don't, I'm assuming Casey would say my presumption is that Kaylee was dead by this point but I don't know know, it's never
1: explicitly said exactly it's
0: a little unclear obviously this happened a while ago who knows if Casey could have been drugged by her dad which is why she slept through possibly her dad coming to get her maybe she's a part of it like Mm -hmm. there is definitely a lot of like open-ended questions here that definitely left me wondering like what what then happened Because what was the next step
1: if I'm a mom and I am to children on the show you are let's be honest of course I immediately am following my father wherever he may go with her. I mean, but not I. if you
0: were abused by the guy. True. Not if he's no, that's your true. Life. So it's like, if he's, keep that in mind too. You but know, if like, if he's we being don't aggressive
1: know. and saying, don't follow me, like, she didn't say that. She just said, that's what happened. And it's kind of open ended. And I'm like, so then did you just go, like, Take a shower and go back to bed? Like, what uh, exactly right, like, are and, the things that happened following that I'm moment? trying
0: not to judge her for any reactions, but we don't know. And it is a yeah. little bizarre, to say the least. And, like, yeah. if she trusts her dad, if she was manipulated by her father, like, there's a lot Yeah, of that. I In fact, I want to kind of get into part yes. three, because yes. her dad, George, plays this huge sort of role for not being interviewed on the doc. And obviously, you know, I think a lot of sussy questions kind of arise from him. <laughs> and... His parent uh, George and the wife are on TV a lot giving these interviews, which also I find bizarre. Um, very
1: weird. and they were doing that from the very beginning and they never really stopped right, right?
0: Which to me is a little Sussy. and yeah. again, I'm not trying to. Um, judge people from their reactions but there is this one interview that we see Casey kind of watching now back and I can't remember wh- where he was on maybe Larry King or something it but was
1: Dr. Oz I think
0: oh Dr. Oz that's right yeah because yeah, it's weird because I remember mm-hmm. thinking like huh remember Dr. Yeah, Oz used I to know. be you know um, <laughs> Oprah's guy you yeah, know right, like, right, but you know he's asking Casey for forgiveness and and, and his
1: wife says uh, but what do you mean it was a mistake like she briefly right, says that. Right, she briefly yeah.
0: says that. And then Dr. Ross says something kind of like, well, what are you asking forgiveness for? And her dad is kind of like, you know, Casey, Casey knows. Like, you know, right. he ca- doesn't like, say. well, you know, I don't know, but you know, whatever it is, I hope sh- I get forgiveness. And I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> and by the way, Casey is seeing this for the first time. First time. A- apparently, you know, in the documentary, right. it's apparently.
0: And I'm like. What? What kind of interview was that?
1: <laughs> By the way, for those who That didn't...
0: made me so sus <laughs> against George, I'm not going to lie.
1: Totally. Of course, there's clearly something very wrong that he's done. What is it exactly? By the way, the imagery right. here, let's recap the imagery. He's a little bit older now. He has a massive head brace on because he had just yes. been a been in a horrible automobile accident. So here's this old man maybe entering the you know the latter stages of life begging for forgiveness on national television and what you can only presume is the only way he can reach her because if I'm Casey Anthony and I'm innocent I'm not taking calls from my dad either so
0: well yeah but also like you're going on to talk about your missing Granddaughter, and then you're asking your daughter for forgiveness, for forgiveness, and then you don't explain what.
1: And then the mother is saying, "Oh, it's it was for what, Georgia? Was a mistake? Like right. what mistake? Like, are what's you a mistake? About? And by the what way, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, be, like, yeah. So many things very un- unsettling about that. I will say to your point, Darren, I feel like the reason that they are on television so much is because. I feel like maybe George was trying to orchestrate the messaging around what is meant to well, be happening here.
0: That and innocent people don't go on
1: television. Right. John. Right. They hide, right? You they know, they don't like, continually. No actual
0: guilty person would be would be going on television talking right. about it. And that's what I'm saying. Like even the fact that Casey Anthony didn't write a fucking book about all of this, right? I, I, like it says something to me. You know, yeah. it just says something to me. Um, Say this next detail, because okay. I almost like, Okay, so yeah.
1: <laughs> then we get into, I think, one of the most revealing parts. I mean, it is. It's the most revealing part of the documentary. Yeah. The I think the thing that Casey had the most visceral reaction to, which was she remembered, somebody tells her, I think one of the producers, that her dad, or she remembered it but kind of forgot, that her dad once said, that he missed the smell of Casey's I'm sorry, Kaylee's sweat. Which anybody saying that is weird, let alone your grandfather, you know, if you're, you're Kaylee like, Anthony. That's weird. Very like, weird. And I was like, okay, fair enough, but I think I'm trying to now empathize with Casey in this moment, at least to hear her perspective and you know, she associated that sensory with being sexually abused. You hear her talk yes. about what it means for a child to sweat and what that does for him. So then somebody's like, or she's like, Where did he say that? I forget. And then somebody tells her in the documentary, Oh, it was at Kaylee's funeral, which sets Casey off, understandably. She's having a complete Meltdown. Uh, meltdown, She's completely devastated. She was like, Of course, like what I remember one of the things she says is, What better way to fucking memorialize your granddaughter than to say that at her own funeral, you pedophile? Right, like fucking
0: weirdo. Like just, it's just a weird.
1: And she's just weird. (laughs) She's insinuating that he is a pedophile. Now, we are not insinuating that. We are just recapping and commenting on the documentary. We don't know that. But then. It's like I don't know where to really go with this, but then we see footage from the actual uh, funeral, which of course was right. held not in a private ceremony in the backyard of of anything or in a cemetery or whatever. It's at this like giant church with multi cameras, and they've got right, big which lights. is
0: the opposite of what any one of them wanted, and the parents, including are front her, and center, yeah, right. with all the attention, getting all the glory about this, yeah, and yeah. it's beyond. It's 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 weird.
1: <laughs> so he goes on to comment about it and he, it's not even just the sweat. He says something and he says it like this. It's along the lines of like and what it does when a when a child hugs me. Oh, you don't even know what it does to me. And like Casey He's hiding is hiding in
0: plain sight about this. Like what yeah. the fuck? Yeah.
1: Casey is seeing this I think for the first time because she was in jail whenever Kaylee's funeral was held, by the way, which is kind of unsettling in and of itself. Um, you know, so this was, of course, before the trial, we should be clear about how everything played out. But, you know, and so she's seeing this for the first time and is just completely devastated to, like, see this unfold at her own daughter's this presentation funeral. of yeah. Kayleigh,
0: like, as if they gave a shit. Like, she's yeah. embarrassed by that. And you see one of those kind of visceral reactions. And it's really... Yeah. It's interesting to kind of watch her watch that for the first time. Now, one of her lawyers, uh, Elizabeth, has yeah. a come back <laughs> with a warrant doormat. Which need John, that. I need. I that. did I get that for you for Christmas? Maybe, maybe. maybe. not. All
1: right. Well, uh, maybe, let's see uh, what maybe. shows up at my door in a couple of weeks. I guess. Yeah, so we'll, exactly. We'll go from there. I will say I love that. I also we should comment really briefly before we kind of wrap up this this episode. The, we didn't talk about how all of the defense team is like her family now. I thought that was interesting in and of that itself. That was
0: so sweet taking yeah. her in, you know, because like I said at the beginning of this talk that her life was over. Um, yeah, right. Even though she was found not guilty, that people were always going to judge her. People are still judging her for all of that. Yeah, even for though sure. the court of law found her not guilty. And they took her in and she became really part of that family. And she got yeah. to sort of live somewhat of a normal life whether or not you think that's guilty or innocent there's something so tender about that so human totally. about that Yep.
1: Um, so there were just yeah. a couple more details here that were kind of the big reveals in episode or the part three i'll just say the thing that i thought was really interesting was lee her brother came to the defense team and was like hey i have some information about my dad that might be relevant he reveals to the defense team and i believe testifies in court that the way Kaylee was found, which was wrapped up in a blanket inside of a trash bag with it duct taped, was exactly how George would bury their pets when they would die.
0: Again, mm. not necessarily. It's circumstantial, but it, it it's very saucy. It's a pattern. It's very, it's very, yes. It matches a, a, a pattern, pattern
1: of disposing of bodies. And right. how could you not ignore that? Um, the other thing that was very unclear to me, this was something the that I... The, the
0: computer, computer search.
1: The computer search. Now, I had a little bit of a back and forth with a listener on Facebook about this because we, I had asked you guys what you thought about it. We're going to get to some of the listener stuff here in a second, but essentially somebody from Casey's account on their home computer Googled, quote, foolproof suffocation at 2.51 PM. I think it was like the day or the day before the murder, or I'm sorry, yeah. before the alleged disappearance um 10 minutes later George is at work now Casey in the documentary says my dad worked right down the street he easily could have googled that and been at work I hear that I'm not discrediting that I just find it a little sussy I don't
0: super convenient you know for that to happen Exactly. It does say something to me that it probably is somebody in the family, whether or not that is her dad or her. It says something to me about it. Um, And, you know, if George was in cahoots with the mom, she could have done that. Uh, She could have researched it on Casey's, you know, profile and they could have talked about it. This is all completely, you know, conjecture. No one has proved in the court of law, but like all of that is possible.
1: And somebody on Facebook linked me uh, to a TikTok with some more jailhouse interview or sorry conversations between Casey and the family in the early days when she was in jail, the family keeps asking Casey for her password. She gives them her password and they're like, Casey, that's not the password. You're not letting us like, what is the password? She's like, that's the password in the documentary. She says, everybody there had the same password
0: password. So, right.
1: so it looks and sounds like Casey's not giving them the password. But what I think may have happened was, let's just say the dad, if everyone's password was the same, then guess what? You can also change everyone's password. So that's easily discredited in the sense that if I'm the dad and I did it, the first thing I'm going to do is go change the password so that nobody can see the history on that account or simply that I am the only one that has access to it. So I Casey giving the password and it not working does not necessarily equal guilt. It just means that either she's A, true, not, or sorry, A, not giving the correct password, which is a possibility, or B, someone has changed the password since she last used the computer. Just want to debunk that a little bit. In terms of if nine minutes later. It doesn't
0: really mean a lot.
1: Right. Yeah. And in terms of if nine minutes later he's at work and. That's TBD. Like, nobody's going to know that. Of course, it doesn't paint her in, in particularly the greatest light there. She does address yeah. it, though, in the documentary. Anyway, the last part about this before we wrap up, because this one we've had a lot of conversation about, Darren, is if this was an accident, as both she and her dad seem to claim, although I don't know that she necessarily claims there was an accident, but her dad claims potentially Why that there does was
0: he- want the death penalty the death then. penalty like for his own daughter he's like, going
1: into a grand jury and saying yes this this is all you know and testifying which will never you know grand jury things are sealed so we don't know exactly what evidence was sort of put forth here but he was all for the death penalty with his daughter why is that and
0: that and that says something to me too about not only the callousness of it and granted you're talking to someone who's already biased against the death penalty, so i know my opinion right. is going to be littered with with bias but like it's still your fucking kid, and to me, that says that he needs to get rid of the only person who probably knows, knows something about the him and would, and know, or at least knows yeah. that it wasn't her. Yeah, yeah. And that's Casey Anthony.
1: Yes. So, and you know, there's a person who is, I think he, his name is Clint. He's the roommate of her former boyfriend, who spent a lot of time with with yeah. them. Who, for most of the documentary, is completely convinced, you know, that she's the one that did it. Uh, but then, by the end of the documentary, they're like, "Well, why He's would George, yeah, why would George want the death penalty? And he literally you see him both change realize it, accept it and essentially change his mind, yeah, right in front of you, yeah, which I think was very interesting to see that, um, in this thing. I will say, Darren, one of the last things I'll say with Casey being, um, I'm sorry, Kaylee being missing for thirty one days, let's say Kaylee. You know, I think the allegation by the end of this documentary was that potentially her dad suffocated Kaylee for sexual abuse reasons. He was moving on to the next young, young female in the in the family and maybe accidentally killed her or she was unconscious. Right. My thought around that conversation was, was Kaylee being sex trafficked because she's missing for 30 days he's telling Casey or there's some communication that she is okay and will be okay. My thoughts went into sex trafficking. I've never child child sex trafficking. I should say, I've never heard this conversation around this story. I don't know why, but
0: my, yeah, my assumption didn't go there. That's interesting that you said that. my assumption would be like, let's just say he did kill her or accidentally with that accidentally. Um, that he was needed the thirty days to cover it up, and because he was a police yeah. officer, and he knows that maybe after a certain period of time, right. it was going to kind of be hard, you know, certain body decomposition, certain things that he kind of needed that time to buffer it. If obviously he did that, and I'm not saying he did, yeah, but in general, um, that's I didn't even go to the sex trafficking thing. I didn't it- even think of that.
1: It was just like, and you know, and one of the things I wish that they would have gotten to is when they found her remains, how long was she dead? I think that's a really right. important piece of information that wasn't mentioned in the documentary. Nope.
0: And we don't know. And don't I don't know, know either. I can't go know.
1: into the court and find out. And it wasn't easy to find. So, you know, I just went to sex trafficking because I thought if she's somewhere safe, as he alleged, as they allege that happened here, well, then where is she? Number one. And it just was like, I just just got these really disturbing thoughts of like him essentially renting out this poor child, you know, to the highest bidder for 30 days. And maybe the wrong person got a hold of her and killed her. God only knows. Um, But yeah, that conversation about where she was for those 31 days will be a big mystery that I'll think about a lot.
0: Yeah. and. You know, final thoughts, because I want to yeah. get into listener shout-outs we here, because we really yeah. did ask for you guys to talk to us about this, and there was plenty of mixed reactions, and I think
1: yeah,
0: there are mixed reactions from us, too, that some things don't yeah. add up, but I think I do think she is innocent. I do think that she is innocent of this crime, I, because I don't think that the court of law proved beyond a reasonable doubt that she did it, and that's there's no the evidence only reason. That, right. I There is no evidence that she killed... Casey An- Kaylee Anthony outside mm-hmm. of the fact that she didn't call the police and was seen partying which does not uh, presume guilt here no, there should doesn't. be a it's stronger true. burden of proof than that and there was not enough evidence to show that and I think that the jury was smart enough to do that and regardless of your feelings on her I think it kind of shows in the court of law she is innocent yeah. um, and that doc kind of showed that to me i yep. think um
1: that's what i was going to just yeah. ask you so now that we've wrapped up the main points i mean obviously there's so much more you guys should definitely watch it but what are your last final thoughts i guess you could say now that you've we've rehashed it you've seen it i think you kind of just touched on it actually right she's yeah, still not think, innocent yeah. to you
0: uh, yeah i, and I think she or, i'm sorry innocent. not guilty I, <laughs> I, I, I don't think she's guilty of it yeah. I, and i don't think that necessarily means that she didn't do it i don't think that the Burden of proof, yeah, was passed. And I, and, I, and I think even watching this doc and not feeling entirely convinced. now, there are some people who obviously feel very strongly, but for me, the prosecution didn't do enough got, didn't do a good enough job. Mm-hmm. And that is really important that they do a good enough job in order to find her guilty. What about you?
1: I agree. I feel like she's still not guilty. Um, do I think she knows more than she's sharing? Maybe. Probably because I don't. That might be true.
0: I don't. That might be true.
1: I don't. If I'm her in those moments where you saw your daughter in his arms, there's more to that story. yeah, Yeah, or like.
0: How can you not? But again, that doesn't mean that she murdered her. Doesn't kid. mean and she's the she, one that murdered her. And that's her, what right. she's on trial for. If she was on trial for being a good mother. Neglect.
1: I'm, right, exactly. You know,
0: and, and, but that's not what she's on trial for. That's a whole different for. thing. Exactly, That's a yeah. whole different thing. And so we're only arguing the he, he, about her murdering her
1: daughter. And by the way, in some states, she could get prosecuted for that. I know in Oklahoma, if you are um, the parent of a child and somebody else murders your child, quote unquote, under your watch, you are equally as guilty. And they take people to court and prosecute and sentence them for those types of things. I've seen stories about it constantly. But that's not here. And that's that's not not Florida. And that's not this case. Exactly.
0: Let's let's get into our listener shout outs. Of course, we asked you guys to tell us what you thought if you saw the doc. And even if you didn't, there were a lot of (laughs) mixed reactions. So Let's just go down the list, John. Take the first
1: That's one. right. All right. Susan on Patreon, of course, commented. We love Susan. And she says, thank you for watching it, which I thought was cute. Like, you know, listeners yeah. giving us some kudos there. And she says, I wouldn't believe a word she says. All right. Fair okay. enough. That's your opinion. I, we respect Brittany, that.
0: Brittany on Patreon commented and said, quote, my mind definitely changed when this case came out. I was 16 years old. I thought Casey killed her daughter to be with her boyfriend. Now I believe she still killed her daughter. I just feel like she didn't do it on purpose. Fair enough. I think the documentary
1: even leans towards that a little bit. Kelly in our Facebook group said, quote, I was hesitant to watch this as my mind was 10,000% made up. Casey was guilty. What I found the most interesting is where most of the facts came from, the total tunnel vision to the point no other parties were investigated, even just to rule them out, which is what I was Mm -hmm. talking about at the top, and the contradictions between what the dad was telling Casey versus what he told the cops. This doc changed my perspective on the case completely. I agree that Casey probably still knows more than what she has said, but I no longer think that she was responsible.
0: It's a great point. Bold statement and great.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Sarah wrote, quote, I don't believe she purposely murdered her daughter. I think an accident happened and she covered it up, which still makes her a terrible human (laughs) and responsible. Fair. If true, Uh, that's fair. I I agree with that, Sarah. That's true. Yeah.
1: Uh, Carla still doesn't believe Casey's story, though, saying, quote, I don't believe her for one second and the pinning of it solely on her father is disgusting. So she's not convinced.
0: Amanda wrote an interesting comment as well, saying, quote, what this doc and other cases have shown me is that police need better entry requirements and training. We probably never know what happened to innocent little Kaylee, and I think a lot of the reason why is bad police work agreed amanda the police took her dad's word for the truth but did very little investigating into him the other thing that bothers me in a lot of cases is cops judging someone based on their emotional non-emotional mm-hmm. reactions i know it is a human thing to do but people handle shock differently investigative teams need to be multidisciplinary
1: amanda Amen. Love.
0: amanda agreed on all accounts
1: yeah totally agree with that um Shelby doesn't believe her either. She says, quote, I was angry the entire time. I felt like she was doing her usual swindling and not taking any blame. Instead, using the whole Me Too movement to now claim sexual abuse by her dad. It's an easy cop out for her because she knows some will believe that. Not me. She's guilty as all hell. So Shelby had very passionate response.
0: Yeah. You know, Shelby like I listen your opinions, your opinion. I don't know how we could possibly, I think it's a trust and verify type of situation for me. And with therapists coming in saying this person's sexually abused, I feel uncomfortable saying that she's lying about that. Not saying that it's impossible, but I personally feel a little bit uncomfortable disavowing someone's sexual abuse, especially when therapists are kind of coming in about that. But Hey, right. Shelby, like, we appreciate you writing yeah, that. Yeah, uh, thanks for letting you us know. know. I, I, I totally get it. Finally, April commented on Facebook saying, I'm not sure why everyone is taking her at her word now. I actually agreed with the verdict and that you couldn't prove that baby was even murdered, let alone who did it. However, she's a convicted liar. That's also I mean, true. She is a convicted liar, you know, she yeah. is a convicted liar. Um and I don't think we're taking her at her word for it necessarily, but I think we're kind of showing that there is not a there they, she's not guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, I think exactly. all of us even having a different opinion here and you should only be guilty if you were found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. Uh, great so matter your opinions, that is very important. So Yes. Thank thank you you, all for your comments. I was just going to
1: say that. Yes. Thank you guys so much for being so engaged with us. Let us know as well what you think about, you know, the verdict, the documentary, even what we thought, even if you don't agree with us. I think Darren and I are pretty much on the same page. But, you know, listen, we also had moments where we didn't quite believe or understand what she was saying. So we're not necessarily... On one side of it, but I think what we do know or what we do see very clearly is that in a court of law, there was no evidence that pointed to Casey Anthony murdering the daughter. There's just no evidence Correct. of it. You, there, right. Is there likely? She guidance? might there still suspicion? have done it, though. Yeah. But th- th-
0: right, right. There's still in suspicion, but in a court of law, right, yeah. that matters.
1: All right. Well, that was an interesting episode. Very curious what you guys think. We want to mention it is our last chance for merch before the holidays. If you or your best friend love the show and you want to buy some great stuff from the holidays, now is the time. Totes, pillowcases, phone cases, stickers, notebooks, all available in our merch store. And the check you can check the show notes for links.
0: And, of course, the best way to keep the show going is to sign up to be a patron on Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you can help contribute to our show as independent creators and help us pay our bills and me get John more Christmas gifts.
1: Oh, that we love. All links for Patreon and merch can be found in our show notes. You can also just go to patreon.com slash shakenanddisturbed, all one word. We are about to send out our yearly gift to you super yes. fans. We got all your details. Those are coming very soon. It's gonna be so fun. You're gonna love it. And I will say, as one of our last episodes of the year, thank you for an another incredible another year. year. We love, we you, love guys. you guys. We can't wait to see what happens next year. We have some really fun things in store. So
0: yeah, we love our little community. We'll have more updates towards the end of the year. But of course, we have to thank the gift that keeps on giving, <laughs> Megan, our fearless leader. So one, so two, good. three.
1: Thanks, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Megan. Bye. Thank you. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.